From the WIA News Hub in Queensland and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1WIA. Well, as I used to say and continue to, thanks for joining us for WIA National News. I'm Graham VK4BB, this news for week commencing October 28, 2012. And as we start, a big thank you to Brian and Robert for more than ably handling the national news as I was on holidays, trying to emulate Phileas Fogg. We got lots of good comments. The uh, listeners particularly like the the humour that Brian and Robert brought to the national news from the WIA. You would probably be aware of the campaign created to get amateur towers, masts and antennas listed as exempt or complying with development in the New South Wales planning review currently underway. Roger Harrison, VK2ZHR, has been contacted by the Sydney Morning Herald urban affairs journalist Nicole Hashman and has done a telephone interview lasting some 50 minutes and it was quite a positive outcome. She wanted to know what we amateurs did, what motivated people to become amateurs and what the issues were with the town planning laws. Now, hopefully that story will be out very soon, if not already. And Roger will be here shortly on VK1WIA with more on this issue. And later in the broadcast today, Jason, VK2LAW, shed some light on a story dealing with towers in South Africa. But for now, particularly our VK2 listeners, might I suggest you ring a friend and get them to tune in for Roger as he joins the conversation in about five minutes' time. Across Australia, from VK1 WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. And VK3, it can be heard on VK3 REC repeater on 147.175 MHz at 9.30am on Sunday morning. The broadcast is repeated on Wednesday evening at 8pm. I'm John. VK3ARK. Let's have a look at activity in VK3 and 7. November is a very busy month of activity in VK3. Saturday the 10th at 2pm, the inaugural meeting to form a local homebrew construction group will be held with Rob Whitmore, VK3MQ, in the chair. The following Tuesday, November the 13th, is the speaker night. The topic at 8pm is Demystify SWR. This by VK3BFG. Peter Cousins. The next Foundation Licence Training and Assessment Weekend is on November the 17th and 18th. Now, the homebrew meeting, speaker night and classes are all at the Amateur Radio Victoria office, 40G, Victory Boulevard, Ashburton. And November the 16th to the 18th is a special activation period for the Keith Roger Memorial National Parks Award. Check out the website under awards for the latest master list. VK7 and the Myena Ham Fest is heard last week, Saturday the 1st of December 2012, is when the big biennial VK7 Ham Fest happens in the Central Highlands of Tasmania, thanks to the Central Highlands Amateur Radio Club of Tasmania. Now they even have David Long from the ACMA making the trip up to Myena and demonstrating what the ACMA is all about. If any club or individual would like a display table at the Hamfest, contact Dave, Victor Kilo 7, Oscar Bravo. Northwest Tasmanian Amateur TV Group's Amateur Radio Assessments and Training. 
Persons in the northwest area of VK7 interested in training and assessments for all classes of amateur radio licences are advised that the Northwest Tasmanian Amateur TV Group can provide these requirements and much more. And the November General Meeting of the Northern Tasmanian Amateur Radio Club takes place Block B Skills Institute, Allenvale Campus, on the evening of November 14. This one will be a little different, though, as it will likely take the form of a working tea, during which there'll be a brief club business session. That will be followed by a guest speaker, David Murray, from Centrelink, who'll bring all up to speed on current changes to benefits and the like. Are you and your partner already Centrelink clients, but wondering what all the carbon tax compensation really meant? Maybe you're about to retire, become redundant, or, heaven forbid, undergo some other life-changing event. If so, or even if just idly curious, why not go along and have all your questions answered November 14 at Block B Skills Institute Allenvale Campus for the November General Meeting of Northern Tasmanians Amateur Radio Club. This is VK1 WIA. All points of contacts from today's news stories are to be found in print when you read the web editions www.wia.org.au. The WIA gives Australian radio amateurs and electronics enthusiasts access to an extensive range of locally and internationally sourced publications, including those from the ARRL and RSGB. Our bookshop is designed to provide you with a simple and secure way to purchase the latest amateur radio books and publications online. We use a secure commercial e-commerce gateway for all credit card transactions and delivery to your door is provided by Australia Post. Purchasing the latest in amateur radio publications is both secure and easy. We hold a wide range of the most popular publications suitable for those starting out in the hobby as well as books popular with the more experienced hobbyists. If there is a particular publication that you are trying to locate that is not listed in our online catalogue, then we would be more than happy to help you. Please send an email with the details of the book you are looking for to bookshop at wia.org.au. Both WIA members and non-members are able to purchase from the WIA online bookshop. However, the bookshop provides significant discounts to members of the Wireless Institute of Australia. From time to time, we do run specials on some publications. So keep an eye on your amateur radio magazine each month for details. This is Mal, VK3, FDSL for the WIA Bookshop. This is Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH. New South Wales amateurs will recall that, since October last year, the New South Wales Government has been conducting comprehensive reform to the planning laws. As this is the first review of the state's planning laws for more than 30 years, a golden opportunity was presented to get some consideration for amateur radio antenna masts. You all remember that we called for New South Wales amateurs to make submissions to the planning review last year. The New South Wales Amateur Fraternity responded magnificently with a barrage of submissions, 
wanting amateur radio antenna masts to be included in the laws as exempt or complying development. In fact, so many amateurs made submissions that the New South Wales Planning Department commented about it on their website in November last year. Draft legislation has recently been posted on the New South Wales Planning website and the Department has invited all interested parties to comment. Disappointingly, amateur antenna masts have not been included in the draft. I spoke to a policy officer in the Department and asked, what do radio amateurs have to do to get some consideration on this issue? The answer, make more submissions. It's time to express your disappointment and send submissions again. You have until close of business on Friday, 9th November. You can email your submissions to codes at planning.nsw.gov.au. You can find the draft legislation on the New South Wales Planning website at www.planning.nsw.gov.au. Click on the Development tab and select On Exhibition and then select Draft Policies and Plans. Information on putting together a submission is on the WIA website. The advice we gave last year can be found by typing antenna masts into the search field on the WIA website. While you're in a mood to make submissions, check out the New South Wales Government's Have Your Say website at www.nsw.gov.au forward slash have your say, all one word. Select Reduce Local Government Red Tape and you can make a submission on local approvals policies. But submissions on this one close Monday, 29th October. The battle isn't over. Amateurs of New South Wales, get cracking. This is Roger Harrison, VK2ZRH. From the WIA News Hub in Queensland and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1WIA. On the VK1WIA National News Service, we're about to be joined by that host of the F Troop in VK6, Ono, and a little story on should we crimp or should we solder antenna connections. Not much point in doing either if we can't have towers. So for those of you that have just joined in and just maybe heard half of Roger, VK2ZHRs, and I I may very well have uh, elevated Roger to... His Royal Highness, with an incorrect call sign there, but it's VK2ZHR, of course. For those that may have missed all of Roger's discussion here on VK1WIA, might I suggest you listen to the audio version on wia.org.au. Just go to wia.org.au and click this week's news broadcast, particularly those in VK2. But right now, let's... Fire up the Morse key. Here comes F Troops. Oh no! What use is an F call? With coax going between radios, amplifiers, tuners, SWR meters and antennas, there's no shortage on connectors. You can buy pre-made connecting cables, but after a while you'll likely realise that you're spending a fortune on such luxuries and you'll likely come to the conclusion that a pre-made solution is never quite the right length, either too long or too short. So you take like a duck to water and you start making your own cables, patch leads, etc. Leaving aside what kind of connector to select, where to buy it, or which of the bewildering array of coax to acquire from a bevy of suppliers, you have a fundamental choice between crimping and soldering. 
If you spend a little time online, you'll find that there is solid evidence either way and adherence to either school. Just like Holden versus Ford or Mac versus PC, each side vehemently defends their turf. Until recently, I was exclusively a crimper. I crimped each connector that I could and was happy. Well, mostly happy that is. I had this really annoying tool that for some reason would not crimp RG58 BNC connectors without leaving a little wing on the ferrule. Turns out that my dear supplier had snuck some RG59 connectors into the mix and they look really similar until you hold them side by side. And if you're wondering, the RG59 ferrule fits around the RG58 one, so no wonder it bulged like that. Anyway, that started the conversation about crimping versus soldering. Now I'm not going to tell you what to choose. I suspect there are solid arguments that I'm avoiding here, but food for thought is this. A crimp has no undo. That is, once you've mashed your lug, it's all over. If you stuffed it up, you cut off your connector, throw it out and start again. Of course, if you practice enough, stuffing it up hardly ever happens. Better crimping tools help you achieve your aim. However, if you solder, then if you stuff it up, you have the opportunity to heat it all up again, remove the offending pore connection and try again. I've just acquired a gas soldering iron. I never even knew such a thing existed. I'd never bought the 12-volt travel iron for my trip if I'd known, and now I have the option to solder it in the field. So why does this matter? What should you choose? You have no need to be exclusive one way or the other. Just like one antenna doesn't do all jobs and one screwdriver is never enough, crimping and soldering are two options in your arsenal. They complement each other. I'm Ono, Victor Kilo 6, Foxtrot, Lima Alpha Bravo. Now Jason, VK2LAW, joins us again with his take on the international news. With thanks to the IARU, RSGB, SARL, Southgate Amateur Radio Club, the ARRL, Amateur Radio Newsline, NZART, Amateur Radio Victoria, and of course the worldwide sources of our WIA. Jason, I hear that an amateur radio balloon project launched in May finally ended this month with the recovery of the payload. Thanks, Graham. And yes, Argentinian amateurs, members of AMSAT-LU, launched a high-altitude balloon on the 19th of May from La Pampa. The payload included a 70-centimetre to 2-metre 4-watt FM repeater, live SSTV, an HF beacon and two video cameras. During the four-hour flight, over 200 stations made contacts through the repeater. The balloon came down in an isolated and flooded area and it was finally recovered from the mud by a 4x4 adventure group early October. The flight data was retrieved, including over six hours of video from the two cameras. Qatar to host first Middle East ham radio festival. The city of Doha will host Qatar's first international festival for amateur radio in December. This according to the chairman of the Administrative Control and Transparency Authority and the vice chairman of the US Amateur Radio Society. The festival will include a contest between amateur radio operators from all over the world. About 100 hams from across the globe will be invited to the festival to take part in the competition. The festival is being dubbed as the first of its kind in Middle East and will take part in conjunction with the Qatar National Day celebrations. Doha is the capital city of the state of Qatar and is located on the coast of the Persian Gulf. ITU launches Tech Needs Girls Prize to spark creativity. To mark the first ever International Day of the Girl Child, ITU members and partners have joined forces to launch the Tech Needs Girls Prize, a new global technology competition designed to inspire more girls to embrace technology and invent the future. 
Our future is being shaped by technology and with over 95% of all jobs now having a digital component, the information and communication technology sector is an exciting place to be. Yet as a global shortage of ICT professionals looms, and the uptake of girls and women into ICT-related study declines, research reveals that technology has an image problem. Put simply, too many young, talented girls mistakenly consider an ICT career to be boring, geeky, uncreative, or a career path that lacks the world-changing component many aspire to. Celebrated on the fourth Thursday in April every year, and designed to raise visibility on the many exciting opportunities offered by an ICT career, is the day. For girls in ICT Day 2012, over 1,320 events were held in nearly 90 countries, providing an estimated 30,000 young women with a better understanding of the opportunities offered by the ICT sector. I think we're all aware of the tower debate raging in VK2. Well, in South Africa, SARL President Rassi Erasmus said S1YT has met with a delegation of the Cape Town Metro to intervene in a notice received by an SARL member stating that he requires approval in terms of the Environmental Act and City of Cape Town zoning regulations for his antenna, which is less than 15 metres in height. The SARL delegation pointed out that the antennas under 15 metres of radio amateurs are exempt from the provisions of the National Environmental Management Act 107 of 1998. It was agreed that the process will be suspended pending the Council consulting with their legal advisers. Talking of various laws around the world, how would you feel if there was a law that kept you from selling or even giving away a piece of your ham gear or anything else you own without first getting permission from the original manufacturer? Sound crazy? Well... This is a legal precedent that the United States Supreme Court has been asked to rule on, as we hear from Amateur Radio Newsline's Mark Abramowitz, NT3V. Imagine, if you possibly can, the Dayton Hamvention, the Orlando Hamcation, or the Huntsville Hamfest with no flea market. Or what about ham gear disappearing altogether from eBay or Craigslist? Some fear this could be a real possibility depending on how the U.S. Supreme Court rules in a case that could impact a nearly 104-year-old doctrine recognized by the High Court that allows us to resell items without fear of a copyright holder coming after us. The doctrine essentially says the copyright holder had control only over the first sale. G4TUT here at the South Coast Amateur Radio Club News Desk. Pico 434 megahertz balloon lands in Sweden. Pico Atlas 7, a single foil balloon launched by James Coxon M6JCX on Saturday, October the 20th, 2012 from Suffolk, has travelled to Sweden. It carried GPS and a miniature radio transmitter sending RTTY, ASCII 8, on 434.301 megahertz upper sideband running 10 milliwatts output. During the 19-hour flight, it crossed the North Sea before landing in central Sweden, some 1,050 kilometres away. On this side of the world, an increasing number of radio amateurs are experimenting with ultralight balloon payloads, typically weighing less than 100 grams. Balloons such as these do not go to high altitudes. Instead, they float between 3,500 and 6,000 metres for an extended period. In an attempt to understand the concepts of foil balloons and superpressure, 
A collection of statistics from Pico balloon flights have been compiled at the web address shown in the text edition of this, the WIA National News Service. I'm Richard, G4TUT, and this is VK1 WIA. From the WIA News Hub in Queensland and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1 WIA. I'm Graham, VK4BB Operational News, and we're joined by Felix, VK4FUQ in Ingham. Good to have you rejoining the team, Felix, and I guess the two big news stories are the forthcoming ZL9HR de-expedition, and it must also be time for our next WIA field day. Yes, Graham, it sure is nice to be back. In fact, the VK Spring VHF UHF field day takes place in a month on November the 24th and 25th. And the Campbell Island expedition is well and truly looming, about a month to go with this one as well. Here to tell us more is Ed, VK2 IRE, Australian Publicity Officer for the ZL9HRD expedition. All the equipment has arrived at the storage facility in Invercarville in New Zealand. Some of the team are already in New Zealand, others will arrive over the next few weeks. There will be a quarantine inspection of all the gear and then it will be loaded onto the boat that will take the equipment and the team down to Campbell Island. It's not too late to vote for which bands and modes you would like to work ZL9HR on. Go to www.zululima9hotelradio.com to vote on which bands you want and also to find out all of the details of this major de-expedition. The de-expedition team looks forward to working you from Campbell Island, 73 a couple of other DX spots to look out for include Morocco, CN2YZ through Year's End, whose activity has been from the city of Tangier, especially on the weekends. GB80PW, Practical Wireless 80th Year. In the UK, Ofcom issued the special call sign GB80PW to Practical Wireless Magazine to celebrate the publication's 80th year in print. About two months ago till Tamutu Province hits the air. H40FN between this December the 22nd and the 7th of January of 2013. QSL H40FN via HA8DD. On the award front, we see that CQ have introduced a 40 CQ zones on 160 plaque. Yes, CQ have announced the availability of a special plaque for those who have achieved contact to all 40 CQ zones on 160 metres. This is considered the most difficult of all amateur radio awards to earn and because of this the Worked All Zones 160m plaque recognises that receiving it as one of the elite top band DXs. If you believe you qualify, please contact WAZ Award Manager Floyd Gerald N5FG by email at the address shown in this week's text edition of WIA National News. Finally, the Enforcement Zone, Intruder Watch. Programming from the Deutsche Welle and other foreign broadcasters has been jammed in parts of the Middle East. DW Director General Eric Betterman called the interruption an attack on the freedom of the press. Western radio and television broadcasts to parts of the Middle East have apparently been cut off because of a targeted jamming attack. In addition to programming by Deutsche Welle, the BBC and the Voice of America have also been affected. European satellite operator Utelsat said earlier this week that the deliberate and intermittent interference originated in Syria. For VK1 WIA National News, I'm Felix VK4FUQ Inningham. Across Australia, for VK1 WIA, you are tuned to the WIA National News Service. In the Banana Shire region, it can be heard on VK4 RCQ 2 metre repeater 
on 147 megahertz every Sunday morning at 9am. From the Banana Shire Repeater Association, I'm Brandon, VK4FABB. About to be joined here on WIA National News by Robert, VK3DN. And as I started off this news, a big thank you to both Brian and Robert for looking after the news the last six weeks or so. So with special interest news and a look at our Q News workbench, over to you, Robert. And information is servicing regarding NAB Radio Technology Committee plans to test all digital AMHD radio technology on an existing full carrier AM radio station instead of having to have a special digital-only radio receiver. Yes, Graham. The committee has been meeting since last November to discuss technical options for the revitalisation of AM. Testing would quantify both indoor and outdoor coverage. In general, the goal is to verify whether the station coverage and robustness are improved with an all-digital signal in both day and night transmissions. Also to quantify any change. There's little technical data in the public arena for all digital AM operation. Glenn Walden is the CBS Radio Senior Vice President of Engineering. He said during the US Form NAB radio show that a test station had been chosen with testing likely to begin right after the presidential elections. Walden and other committee members declined to identify the facility, but some believe it will be a CBS station in an area that could be characterised as a medium-sized market. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Final Frontier. Israel is planning to launch a student-built ham radio microsat. The Space Dishy Fat One is an experimental and educational CubeSat being developed and built by students at their space laboratory at the Science Centre. The CubeSat will carry an APRS Digipeter operating on 145.825 MHz and UHF VHF 1200 bits per second BPSK transceiver that can provide a CW beacon and an FM to DSB transponder. The main mission of the satellite is to transmit real-time information via packet radio from a low Earth orbit using the Automatic Position Reporting System protocol. The satellite will allow for remote travellers to access the bird for worldwide position status reporting and messaging. This using a simple handheld or mobile radio with an omnidirectional whip antenna. Worldwide Special Interest Group's Rescue Radio. Gearing up for the state's bushfire season with lots of Weissen activity and exercises in VK3, on Saturday, October the 27th, it's the Message Handler Training at Alexandra. Contact Peter Weeks, VK3YZP. And on Sunday, November the 11th, the Coordinators and Commanders Meeting in AGM, the 9th Box Hill Scout Hall, Rotary Court in Box Hill South. Contact John Kerr, VK3BAF, for that one. Rally Victoria is on again in the forest area just north of Warrigal. That's on Friday the 16th and Saturday the 17th of November. Rally Victoria is an Australian Rally Championship and Victorian Rally Championship event. On Friday there will be two bush stages and on Saturday five stages each stage will be run twice. As previously, Rally HQ will be at Lardner Park. Event commander is Chris, VK3CJK. Communications will be required for logistics, safety and scoring with scoring and car tracking via 2 metre packet and other functions via 2 metre voice. If you can assist with the event, you could please phone 51955 247 in the evenings.
And on Wednesday, December the 26th, it's the Murray Marathon Yarrawonga to Swan Hill. It's now time to register your interest as radio operators for the five-day Murray Marathon event. The Weiss and Murray Marathon training exercise is conducted in conjunction with the YMCA, who are the event organisers. The marathon is a canoe race on the Murray River that starts at Yarrawonga on the 27th of December and finishes in Swan Hill on the 31st of December. Each year, hundreds of canoes paddle their way down the river. They are supported with their own support teams, and along with all the officials and volunteers and spectators, there are a few thousand people moving down the river with the event. If you are interested in joining the team for the 2012 event, providing emergency comms, please contact Gerard Werner, VK3GER. Well, that's all I have for you this week. Back to you, Graham. Okie dokie. Right. Well, Social Scene 2012 as we wrap up this edition. November 4 in VK5 as Adelaide Hills Amateur Radio Society's Hamfest at Goodwood. November 11, VK3, the Yarra Valley Amateur Radio Group's Hamfest. November 25, VK3, the Spark Hamfest at Rosebud. December 1 in VK7, Miana Hamfest. And the Social Scene already for 2013... August 17-18, make a note of it, the International Lighthouse and Lightship Weekend. Till next we meet, I'm Graham VK4BB. On behalf of all our rebroadcasters and the team bringing you the news this week, 73 and walk softly. This is VK1 WIA. All points of contacts from today's news stories are to be found in print when you read the web editions www.wia.org.au In the nation's capital with amateur radio news from across the globe this has been the WIA National News Service Local news and callbacks follow on most affiliates We'd appreciate you checking in VK1WIA We've reported, you decide